And welcome to a, another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Delzell and myself, Son Edom, sit at the uh, crossroads of faith and pop culture and talk about the influences and stories and social media and the different stories that are pushed out there, I guess you could say, from these influencers that try to tell society how to live. And Dan, one of the things that has taken America by storm, apparently, this past week, is that of the UFOs. Apparently, the government has decided to have committee hearings on the existence or the experience that some people have had with UFOs, and more importantly, I guess, alien life form. Because I guess UFO is just an unidentified flying object, and that could be pretty much anything until it's identified. But I guess there's people out there that have seen some things that they can't explain, and I guess one whistleblower came out in the hearings and said that um, the government actually has non-human biological entity uh, material. And so it's really gone kind of the full gamut from people saying that they've seen mysterious lights in the sky doing crazy things versus to now this guy saying that there's actually non-human biological entity somewhere that the government has. And so I thought maybe that's something we can kind of just touch on and, and see where the conversation goes. But, you know, alien life form, the Bible doesn't talk about anything uh, about aliens. And so I was just thought maybe we can set the record straight and maybe give a little perspective on perhaps what people might be seeing and what people might be experiencing. Yeah, it's a very interesting topic, isn't it, Son? And it certainly captivates a person's imagination. There are many people who claim to have had these UFO experiences uh, or experiences with aliens. And, and so for decades now, I mean, going back way, way back, you know, um, you, you've got things on record. You've got sometimes videos. And, you know, it does make you wonder, especially from a Christian worldview, um, a biblical worldview, um, where do these fit? And for me personally, um, I don't have any reservations in uh, in accepting the idea that, um, that, that, that these are real um, entities of some sort, that these are real experiences. Uh, I mean, is it possible that, that many or most or all of these are, are like uh, visions of some sort or hallucinations. I, I guess you could say that, but, but what about all of the video evidence more and more all the time of these objects in the sky? So for me, son, as a Christian, um, the thought that hit me, and it's not the first time this has hit me, but just when you were making the opening remarks to the podcast today, right away, I thought of the Nephilim in the Bible and these were uh, giants. These were giants who were born. Uh, they were the offspring of what we're told in Genesis were the sons of God, referring to angels, referring referring to fallen angels, using that term sons of God, not 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 divine beings, but that's just a, a term that the Bible uh, sometimes used for angels. So sons of God having sexual relations with with women, with human beings, with women, okay? And the offspring 
were the Nephilim, uh, were these giants. And what do you make of that? I mean, um, were, were, were these giants like, you know, half human, half angelic? You know, what were they? Uh, certainly, none of God's holy angels were having sexual relations with, with women because holy angels don't do that. I mean, none of us would even think that fallen angels would do that, but the Bible tells us it happened. So that's why we accept that. That's why we see uh, see giants uh, showing up in the Old Testament. In fact, you might even remember, Son, and, and the listeners might remember that when the Israelites were uh, getting very close to entering the promised land and they sent the spies to go and check out the land, uh, the spies saw giants in the land and they were very intimidated by that. And, and so they would have seen some of these uh, some of these uh, Nephilim or, um, you know, let's say maybe the offspring of Nephilim, however that worked. But when I when I think about UFO son and aliens, I, I do equate it in a way possibly to the Nephilim. Um, I, I don't know that I've ever thought until just this you know, last couple of minutes in contemplating it. Is it possible that some of these um, alien creatures, if they exist, uh, are, are somehow the, the product, perhaps, of, uh, again, maybe fallen angels uh, having uh, relations with, with women? I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not really suggesting that as a, um, you know, a, a very... Uh, reliable, um, you know, theory. It's just an idea. It's just an idea. I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know what these aliens are. Uh, but, but having said that, it's, it's not the first time that there have been creatures in the land that defy human explanation. And, and so the Bible makes a, a very clear point to identify the Nephilim. Um, I, I don't believe the Bible, to my knowledge, addresses aliens. But having said that, I, I don't personally think it would be outside of the the realm of, of speculation to think that, that Maybe that is where some of these beings came about. Because remember now, fallen angels are super intelligent beings, uh, albeit um, filled with wicked desires, uh, but but they're very intelligent. And so if these alien beings and their their spacecraft is 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 of a uh, of an order that is much higher than anything we currently are able to to produce, um, that could be one theory uh, be, because I, I don't know where else you would place aliens or or these spacecraft. The last thing I'll say, though, uh, if anybody wants to, to read more um, on this, Dr. Hugh Ross uh, is, uh, is someone who's very, very wise uh, Christian. And one of the things I know he touched on was that he said that many of these places where you have a lot of the UFO sightings are places where you, you've had quite a bit of occult activity going on. So is it possible that somehow occult behavior has brought about the manifestation of these things in certain places? I personally 
tend to lean toward thinking that that these are these aliens are real beings of some sort and not merely hallucinations like a person might have a hallucination after you know going on an acid trip or you know taking a drug that makes them hallucinate i i personally uh, based on all the evidence that's out there tend to think that it's more than that it's more than just a hallucination it's something real something tangible but something we can't quite put our finger on and what does the government have, you know, in terms of any spacecraft and in terms of any actual alien beings? I don't believe there's anything biblically that would prohibit a Christian from having a variety of views on these beings. Uh, at the end of the day, son, you know, Jesus died for sinners, for human beings. Jesus did not die for fallen angels. He did not die for um you know, the Nephilim or aliens, if they exist, uh, these are very uh, challenging uh, issues to to contemplate. And, and, and to be honest, son, I don't even know, you know, I, you know, the, the Nephilim, um, you know, what, what part of them have, have humanity at all? Um, I, I've never thought of them as having a soul or, or being beings that, that Jesus died for, but somehow being like this, this hybrid offspring of the sons of God having sexual relations with women. So I, I know it presents some challenging questions like, well, if they're the offspring of women, then you know, how would they not be at least in part human and have a soul? So, I mean, I don't know the answers to those things. I, I don't think that we as Christians have to spend too much time contemplating it or trying to figure it out. But I would say this, let's use it to the advantage of proclaiming God's word. Let, let's use it to the advantage of saying, hey, the Bible does present the, the situation with the Nephilim that is you know, beyond anything we, we, we typically typically think about, um, the Bible doesn't seem to address aliens, but the, the Bible does address many supernatural things that we accept by faith that God created the world in the beginning, the heavens and the earth. OK, um, now the Bible does not tell us the age of the earth. But it does give us a timeline for when God created Adam and Eve. These were not Nephilim. These were not aliens. These were human beings like you and I. And, and we have, have descended from Adam and Eve. I, I don't know when you get into the Nephilim or whatever these aliens are. Uh, I, I think you're in the realm, perhaps, of, of, of fallen angels somewhere in there. Uh, you know, the Lord, the Lord knows the answer to that. But, but God created man. Jesus died for sinners. And in one way, son, I think it's very interesting and really tragic in a way that there are so many people who are just almost obsessed with finding the evidence for aliens and UFOs and figuring out what it is. And, and I get it. I understand why that's uh, curiosity. Uh, but what about all the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus? 
What about all the evidence for the Bible as a historical record? What about all the evidence for life after death? Even if you just look at all the near-death experiences that people have had and all the testimonies they give, and then you combine that with Scripture and put your faith not in a person's near-death experiences. These, this is more like anecdotal evidence, if you will. But... You put your faith in the words of Scripture where Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. So there are things out there we don't understand, like when Colton Burpo, the little boy out in western Nebraska, uh, said, hey, he went to heaven and he saw Jesus and he saw his great-grandpa and he saw his little sister who, um, you know, he, he'd never met, uh, and you know, these different things that people have, these experiences, um, the hope is that they'll point people to the Lord, to the Bible, um, to looking at the evidence for that. So, you know, UFOs are fascinating to, to think about and talk about, and I'm sure glad we're, you know, talking about that today on the podcast, because it gives us yet another opportunity to present the gospel, to talk about who Jesus died for and why he died and what that means for those who accept his sacrifice on the cross for their sins. And oh, by the way, yeah, what about all these aliens and UFOs? Well, um, those are a couple of my thoughts, Son, but um, I, I'm sure we'll we'll delve into it more, uh, you know, during the podcast today. But it is it's, it's certainly captivating uh, the attention of a lot of people, including many, it seems, in the government. Yeah. So Billy Graham, I guess, was asked about this one time, and you know, he, he replied, I guess, you know, about these aliens or maybe life on other planets, and. Um, he basically made the, the comment that, you know, the Bible doesn't say anything about life on other planets. But then he went back and said that even if there were, they were created by God. And so, you know, because he goes on to say that, you know, like you just mentioned yourself, the heavens in, in, the, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So everything mm-hmm. is created by God. So if whatever these things are, they're created by God. The other thing mm-hmm. then, like you mentioned, Hugh Ross uh, last year, Hugh Ross wrote an article about, you know, are we alone? Is there life on the planet type of things? And he came out and said, basically, you know, yeah, the Bible declares that God has created extraterrestrial intelligent life. And these beings are called angels and angels are not bound mm, by the yeah. physics of yeah, yeah. what we are, you know, so they, they're not bound by the realm of the universe. You know, they mm, can go outside the physics and, and the realm of the universe. So, you know, again, yeah. if you throw that into the mix, then right. perhaps what you're seeing could be angelic beings. Uh, but whatever it is, you know, God mm-hmm. created the heavens mm-hmm. and the earth. And so whatever it is that people are seeing or experiencing is if it's real, it mm-hmm. is, um, you know, created by God. But like you said, if it's if it's a manifestation of the cult or other things like that, then you're starting to talk mm-hmm. about another thing. But I guess the point that I really wanted to hit on that you mm-hmm. yeah you touched on is the fact that whenever something like this comes up, okay, mm-hmm. you're 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 dealing with people that started in 1947 with you know supposedly an alien crash in Roswell, New Mexico. I looked up Smithsonian Magazine and was reading an article because I figured the Smithsonian Magazine is a credible source that's kind of neutral, you know, non political, and they're talking about how it turned out to be a high altitude balloon as a part of this like spy system that America had when they were spying on Russia. And so it talks about all this technology that was advanced technology for the time. And they ran with the alien or they let the alien conspiracy go because it would cover up their, you know, high tech spy 
1947. And, of course, all the movies that came with that, with the uh, extraterrestrial movies and invasions and stuff like that. But, um, but the thing is, is that it becomes a distraction, okay? There's no real proof that there's anything out there except what we kind of see that's unexplained. But the real proof, it becomes a distraction of who God is. It becomes a distraction that takes the focus off of God and the fact that he created all things and puts it on this quest for something that we may or may not ever understand until we go to heaven or may or may not be true depending on you know people's circumstances. And so it's just another thing, I believe, that becomes a distraction that takes the focus off of God and what he's done and puts it on something you know worldly so that people pursue that instead of the truth because most of the time people believe aliens are you know, something bad that's going to take over the world or they abduct us and they do experiments on us or they're even more intelligent than us. And all this, you know, stereotypical stuff of what aliens are kind of keeps coming back and around every so often in the movies or TV shows. But that's just it. The search for the truth is out there, as the X-Files used to say. Well, the truth isn't out there. The truth is, you know, written in the pages of Scripture. And we don't need to seek truth out there when we can seek truth within the you know, the, the confines of scripture. And so I think to me, one of the big things is that when it comes to this, it's fun to talk about and I enjoy talking about it, but one, whatever it is, God created it. If it's real and true. Uh, and two, if you're not believing in God and you're searching for things and you're using UFOs and other things to search for the quest of truth or whatever, then obviously you're just being distracted and deceived by the evil one. And, um, you should probably recheck the reasons why you are, you know, searching it if it's just for fun and it's uh, exciting i used to watch the x-files and i thought it was kind of some exciting stuff that they came up with some pretty ingenious story plot lines i'm like oh that kind of makes sense you know but if people really do if that's the religion the religion of searching for ufos and seeking the truth well then you're just being distracted and deceived by the prince of this world and the truth that you seek is actually in the pages of scripture i think that's an excellent point son i think that's probably right at the top of the list of where we would be wise as Christians to land on this issue, uh, rather than us attempting to be dogmatic on this issue that is very nebulous. It's it's um, very difficult to wrap our mind around and, and get a handle on. Um, I, I think it, it is wise for us to attempt to lead people to go and look at the evidence the historical record, the reliability of the Bible, the promises of God, the life change that comes to people when they trust Christ as Savior. Um, and this is why you have so many hospitals and orphanages and homeless shelters that have been started by Christians and why you have so many Christians in America and around the world who seek to alleviate suffering and provide so much humanitarian aid in addition to all of the support to spread the gospel around the world because the gospel is the power of God to the salvation of those who believe. Now, what a person believes about aliens or the Nephilim is not going to save their soul, okay? Um, but what a person believes about Jesus will save them if they trust in the Messiah. And, and that's just incredible, son, and a million times more incredible than the prospect of aliens or, or UFOs or whatever they are. Uh, and I think, again, most likely somehow associated with the demonic realm. Uh, but but regardless, um, a million times more important for anyone who's tempted to really delve too deeply into that 
uh, a million times more important is is to come to terms with the fact that that each one of us have an immortal soul. That immortal soul, according to Scripture, which is completely true, uh, our immortal soul will exist forever in one of two places. So when a person goes to stand before God on Judgment Day, and we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, the Bible says, all of us have an appointment in God's courtroom. We don't know when that time's going to come, but it's going to come. And, you know, the only way to get into heaven is to have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, as described in the book of Revelation. I like to call that heaven's reservation book. Unless you have a reservation, you won't get in, and you will be cast into hell to pay for your sins. Now, God doesn't want that for you, my friend. Jesus died so that that won't happen to you. If you'll only come to Christ in repentance and faith, humble yourself, and you don't have to talk to Jesus about your views on aliens. It doesn't matter. You you may flat out reject the whole notion of aliens. Or you may just think, you know, they're the most fascinating thing and there's a lot of truth to it, whatever. Okay. But none of that matters when it comes to you and your creator, your savior, Jesus, who you will stand before one day on judgment day in God's courtroom. Now you may consider yourself and you may be a very upstanding citizen. You maybe have never had any trouble with the law. You maybe have never even come close to having to stand before a judge or, or, uh, you know, be, uh, be convicted of a crime or sentenced to, uh, to jail or to prison. Okay. But that doesn't mean you will escape God's courtroom and the charges against you. And there are plenty of them against you and against me and against every human being. Every time we have broken one of God's laws with our thoughts or our words or our deeds, that's another charge, another charge. You know, you, you've seen the television shows where uh, they, they talk about, you know, a person getting, you know, X number of charges for their crime. And sometimes they'll, they'll drop certain charges and, and sometimes the um, defendants will, will accept a plea deal, you know, so they don't have to go to trial and they'll accept a, a, a lower sentence uh, for their for their behavior. Well, um, there will be no plea deals on Judgment Day, but there are plea deals available today. And the plea deal is this: if you will plead guilty, if you will admit to God that you are guilty and you have broken His laws, and that every one of His charges against you are right on target, and you have no defense but you're guilty. If you will plead guilt, but then also rely upon the death of Jesus and the blood of Jesus that was shed for your sins, then you will be forgiven. You know, I I gave this analogy one time when I was doing a Bible study for about five years at the county jail here in town. And I told the guys, I said, hey, imagine if... You know, you, you'd been um, charged with X number of crimes, which obviously about all the guys in there had, had been charged with something. Okay, so they could relate to that. So I said, uh, I mean, every one of them would be. That's, that's why they're there, right? Um, but I said, imagine you've been charged with X number of crimes and that the county was offering a program whereby you could go free. Um, and the way it worked was this. They were going to find a an upstanding, righteous person in, in, in the city, 
in the, in the community, in the surrounding area, somebody that seemed to be a really, really good person. And they were going to bring that person into the jail one weekend, take him downstairs and just really make him suffer and really beat him and just put a, a beating on him big time all weekend long. And imagine that they are doing that. Let's call him John Smith. They're doing that to John Smith so that there can be a way that guilty lawbreakers can accept that punishment on an innocent man as their own punishment. And in essence, exchange the sentence that they deserve for what John Smith went through. Okay. And so imagine it working like this. So, you know, these guys were in county jail and many of them awaiting their court date. So imagine, you know, going to the judge on, on, on the day of your hearing and being told, Hey, you know, you've been charged with these crimes. How do you, how do you plead on these? And imagine telling him, well, judge, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm guilty on every one of those, you know, 15 charges that I have. I did them. I'm guilty. I have no defense of my own. Um, uh, I did it. And then imagine the judge saying, okay. Um, and as he's getting ready to pronounce sentence, he's like, excuse me, judge, there's one other thing that I'd like to say. What's that? Well, I would like to transfer my punishment onto John Smith and the program that the County is offering, whereby I can be set free today and not have to pay for any of those offenses because you all came up with a program whereby the suffering of John Smith would, it would essentially pay for my crimes in my place. And I accept that. And I want to transfer all of that on to John Smith and imagine the judge saying, Oh, you heard about our program. Did you? Yes, I did. Your honor. Well, in that case, um, take off his handcuffs, uh, sir, you are free to go. And, and imagine the delight in the heart of a prisoner who would be able to do that. And then son, one other thing I'll add. Okay. So imagine being on the community now and you run into John Smith and he's still got some bruises and, and, and scars from where they really did a number on him. How would you, as the prisoner who went free, how would you respond to John Smith? What sort of thanks would you give him? What sort of appreciation would you try to invite him to your home? Uh, would you try to do something for him? Would you try to give him something? Because you know, if it wasn't for him, you'd be spending quite a few years in prison, maybe decades in prison. But John Smith suffered in your place. How would you respond to him? So son, that little story illustrates, um, not perfectly, but it illustrates what Jesus did for us. Uh, the Bible says in Isaiah, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. He bore God's wrath against sin in our place so that anyone can go to the Lord today and say, God, I accept your, your, your plan. I accept your program. I accept what you've done to pay for my sin. And I, not only that, but I surrender my life to you today. And I give you my life because I would be going to hell if it wasn't for what Jesus did. I'd be, you know, having a very terrible judgment day and a far worse eternity in hell, except for the fact 
Father, that you've sent your only son to die for me. And so I accept that. And I believe that. And today, uh, going forward, I'm going to follow Jesus because he died for me. And I received the free gift of eternal life through faith. Now, son, that's the plea deal that's available to every single sinner today. It will not be available on judgment day. It's appointed that a man wants to die and after that, the judgment. But today, any sinner who wants to have their sins forgiven can come under the blood of Jesus, as it were, have their sins washed away, accept Christ's punishment, and that will now lock in um, your reservation to heaven, uh, the pardon that, that God will, will grant you now really immediately, so that you don't have to wait till you get to judgment day to know how it's going to play out. The Bible says you'll be justified on the spot. You'll be forgiven on the spot. You'll be born again, saved, redeemed on the spot. Um, and and that's why Christians can know that heaven is their home, because we've already been justified. And, you know, that word justified is just a theological word a person could think of this way. When I'm justified, God looks at me justified, never sinned. And that's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of this righteousness from God, as Paul describes it in Romans, this righteousness from God, which comes through faith in Jesus Christ. So I say all of that, son, to just go right in with your point that, you know, UFOs are interesting in a way. But if you want to talk about something that's going to impact your eternity, then, um, you know, forget UFOs. Focus on the cross. Focus on your divine appointment in God's courtroom. Focus on the death that Jesus died, because in the story I told, that's not true. There is no John Smith who died for prisoners here in our area, but there is a Savior who died for the sins of the world. The Father sent him here for that purpose. So that's the gospel, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And that's the message, Son, we've been given to share, and it's the message we're privileged to share here on um, the Sanctified Reason podcast because um, God loves us that much and he wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. You know, Dan, one of the things too that I think it's hard for people to believe is when they find truth, their search is over. And I think a lot of people live for the, the search. You know, they find validation in the search. They find their purpose in search, you know, like maybe if you're an archaeologist digging through the the dirt somewhere, you know, it's it's what are you looking for? And then you find a little piece of something and you get excited about it. And then once you discover the whole thing, it's kind of a letdown because now that search is over and it might not be as fulfilling as what people think. Maybe there's some disappointment. I remember years ago, if you remember watching um Al Capone's vault with Geraldo Rivera, you know, and the anticipation of this vault and what's inside of it. And then when they finally opened it up, there's nothing in there. And it was like this complete letdown. But I think that that's part of what drives people is the search or the quest for something. And they, and they, they're doing that, um, that, that drive in them. It can't be satisfied because when people do not believe in God, they're putting their efforts into, let's say yoga, they're going to do yoga. 
well, that doesn't work. Then they're going to try to do maybe uh, get involved in climate change. Or maybe then they're going to try to get into, you know, some other stuff. Maybe go see, um, you know, therapy, counselor. And then they find that that's not fulfilling. So then they got to do something else and something else and something else. And so it's this void in their life that they can't fulfill. And they think the drive to searching for something gives them fulfillment. When if you're spending all your efforts trying to understand, for example, in this case, the mysteries of UFO and what's taking place and aliens are out there. And if you put that same effort into finding out the mysteries of the Bible, and it's not so mysterious, it's pretty plain and right there for you to read and understand. But again, if you put the same effort into, you know, pursuing the mysteries of the Bible, your fulfillment is going to change, your life's going to change, and you're not going to be bouncing around from thing to thing to thing, keep searching for what it is that you're ever looking for, you know, the truth out there. And I think that's what I've found, especially with young college people, you know, having worked in on the college campus for years, they're always searching for something, you know, one day they're coming in and they're involved in this group and then they're involved in that group and then they're doing something over here and then they're doing something over there. And when you ask them, you know, why you're involved in all these things, it's because they can't be satisfied. They can't be satisfied with that one thing that, fulfills them as they call it fulfillment seems to be the big word and like you were describing you know when you get when you follow jesus might not be a perfect life that you live and it might not be you know easy street but there is fulfillment knowing that what our life purpose is and then two the afterlife what it's going to be like and we have the assurance of salvation because jesus became our john smith and jesus died on the cross for our sins took our punishment so that we no longer have to endure that punishment and I would just always tell people, you know, give it a try, you know, try God, see what happens and you might change your life and your life will be changed forever, but just try it. But some people don't even want to try and pick up the Bible. They'd rather go dig in the dirt somewhere. Or they'd rather go down to Roswell and look for clues for aliens, or they'd rather do all these other things, but avoid the one thing that could really give them true peace, contentment, purpose, and salvation in heaven. Yeah, you know, I think, Son, that that, as much as anything, illustrates the fact that man in his sinfulness does not by nature tend to truly value or even understand his immortal soul. That is, man doesn't think about it that way by nature. Now, I know that the Bible says that God has written eternity upon our hearts. And I, and I know that, that, that many people would admit, if they were honest, that they do have a sense uh, that, that they're going to exist forever, okay? But what I'm saying is that man, um, like a little child, okay, is easily entertained, okay? So we have our first grandchild, little Evelyn, who's six months old, and you could put almost anything in front of her right now, and it will entertain her. And if it's something like a little toy of some sort, uh, you know, a little rubber little toy or something that she could chew on, she'll chew on it. And even if, you know, it's not uh, something, you know, I mean, we try to keep anything from her that, you know, she shouldn't, you know, uh, put in her mouth, of course, but she's easily entertained, easily entertained. And man is often that way, son. Oh, UFOs. Let me go there. You know, let, let me go there. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's fascinating. And, and especially in today's, uh, you know, social media culture and climate where there is no shortage 
of of topics to entertain you, uh, keep you occupied. The latest story, you know, there's a reason why, you know, the term clickbait is around and, and as uh, as as, as uh, websites and uh, those in the media, they, they try to you know get your attention so that they can get more advertisers um, and, and get you to click on the story. Um, a lot of them are interesting; they're fascinating. And, and then, Son, you think about all the facts that people accumulate in their in their profession, whether it be a doctor or a lawyer, whether it be a stockbroker or a teacher or a construction worker, an electrician, uh, whether it be a nurse, all of the facts that they have to master in, in their area of, of excellence. And they dive into that, and many of them learn so many things throughout their life and their career. And then add to that a person's hobbies. What about sports? Think about all of the sports trivia that so many people accumulate, uh, whether it be in baseball or football or hockey or all of the above. There is so much trivia out there. And that's all it is. It's trivia because ultimately it's trivial. It doesn't matter in the big scheme of things. Oh, it's fun to talk about. It, it certainly can fill up your mind with something that, I mean, hey, let's face it it, 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 it can be a wholesome pursuit as compared to, you know, other things that a person could pursue that would be very um, harmful, uh, like becoming consumed with, with drugs or with stealing or with pornography or with just becoming wealthy and making that your God. I mean, whatever it is. Okay. Um, you know, sports trivia is not, you know, is not something that, uh, would fall into any of those categories. My only point is that it's trivial compared to the big, uh, the big issues in life. Where will I spend eternity? Why am I here? How did I get here? What is God's plan for my life? Those are the big questions. How do I get to the next realm safely and, and to a place that I'm going to want to be in as compared to what the Bible describes as a place that we would never want to be in. And then we really wouldn't even want our worst enemies to go there. It's so terrible. But, but Jesus told it like it is. He said, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So the wise person, son, thinks about eternity, thinks about their immortal soul, thinks about what Jesus did for them, thinks about the Bible, meditates on those things in a world that will absolutely give you a million things to focus on if you want something. If you're trying to fill that void so that you're not bored, okay? And God made us in a way so that we we crave knowledge, we crave information. Uh, we're fascinated by the way things work. I mean, um, we're fascinated by nature. We're fascinated by animals, you know? And all of these things are, are interesting to us. We're fascinated by technology. Now that we've got AI on the scene, who knows where that's going to go? Okay? But every human being, son, is not a product of artificial intelligence, but rather is a creation of God and has been given intelligence, but our sin has corrupted our our knowledge has corrupted our soul. It, it, 
it's created within us sinful desires, and we're all guilty of sin, of law-breaking. So God says, the remedy for that is my son, his death on the cross. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, the Bible says. Um, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And in him that is in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. These are the, this is the biggest topic in life. You know, son, for a person to simply pray to the Lord, wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood. If you pray that, my friend, and you mean it, and you understand what you're saying, just the basic message. I mean, I'm not saying you understand all there is to understand about God or, or, you know, heaven or anything like that. But you understand the premise. You understand the message that Jesus came and gave us in John chapter three, when he was talking to Nicodemus, that religious leader who came to Jesus at night and Jesus told him, you must be born again. And Nicodemus didn't know what he was talking about. Like, wait, how can a man be born again when he's old? And Jesus wasn't talking, of course, about your body being reborn. He was talking about your spirit being born on the inside. The new birth, the Bible calls it. Uh, Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. That is, women give birth to babies. And our second daughter is about ready to give birth to our second grandchild just in a matter of days. I mean, it's almost down to hours, but it's a matter of days for sure. Uh, Flesh gives birth to flesh. Uh, But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, gives birth to the Spirit, to man's spirit. Uh, And your body becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit when you repent and believe the good news. That was Jesus' first sermon in Mark 1.15. When you turn from sin and say, Lord, I'm a sinner, Um, forgive me, I'm trusting in your death for my sins, just like in the John Smith uh, example there. I'm putting my faith in the punishment you endured so that I won't have to be punished or go to hell, even though I deserve that. And that's the teaching of Scripture, son. I mean, a lot of people may find that hard to accept, but that's the teaching of Scripture. It's not what man says about her sin, because, you know, most of us would never send anybody to hell. Okay, I mean, there'd be some people granted, you know, you know, Hitler and, and, uh, you know, uh, child predators and child traffickers. And I mean, you know, fill in the blank. Okay, yeah, there'd be some that we probably if God said you decide, you know, we probably choose that those who go out and murder, you know, innocent people and so forth. But but it's not up to us. It's up to God, and God's standards are so much higher than than ours. God's punishment is so much worse. His grace is so much better. Heaven is a million times better than we can fathom. We don't deserve any of it. Uh, That is of heaven. We do deserve hell. But the one who comes to Christ in faith and places their faith in Jesus is forgiven and saved. Now, that son is a message worth thinking about, because unlike a person obsessing on UFOs and aliens, unlike a person uh, obsessing on, on, on sports or their career, if those are the only things you obsess on, okay, and, and, and you don't... Um, you, you don't focus on what really matters. You major on the minors. You could end up standing before God on judgment day, clueless. And just simply being told uh, by Jesus, depart from me. I never knew you. 
where then you will be sent to pay for your own sins in hell. Now, God doesn't want that for you. Jesus died so that wouldn't happen to you. And, and, and he died for everyone. So it's available to everyone. One of the last verses of the Bible in Revelation twenty two seventeen, it says, Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. So I don't know about you, my friend. Do you hunger and thirst to know more about UFOs? Okay. I mean, I'm not going to say that's, you know, going to destroy your soul or anything like that. But I'll just say this. If you hunger and thirst for more of that knowledge, but you have no hunger and thirst for the things of God, for the truth of God, then I need to ask you, where is that going to take you? Not just today, as you may be being amused by the trivia, but where is it going to take you tomorrow? Where is it going to take you next year? Where is it going to take you 10 years from now? And where will it have taken you 100 years from now? And, and even for many of us, much sooner than that. Where will it have taken you? Where will you land? Because I guarantee you, my friend, no amount of trivia will provide an ounce of comfort to those in hell. No amount of trivia, okay? Nor will those in heaven be clamoring and eager to fill their minds with earthly trivia. We'll be so far beyond that at that point. We'll be filling our minds with the things of heaven, the worship of God, the, the, the work that he has for us to do, the beauty of heaven, the majesty of the new heaven and the new earth that may look a lot more like earth than you ever thought it would, but a perfect earth, a perfect heaven, a new heaven, a new earth, very tangible, very real, very beautiful, an explosion of colors, an explosion of your senses, an explosion of sights and sounds. Okay. Do you want that? Then you'll need to come to Jesus. You'll need to accept a plea deal. You'll need to recognize today that you have been convicted by God of your sin. You are guilty as charged, and you can go to God, the judge, and admit it and say, Lord, I'm guilty, but oh, how I want that plea deal. Oh, how I want that, that grace, that pardon. Oh, how I want to go to heaven and not to hell. Oh, how I want to follow you, Jesus, for the rest of my life and not just keep chasing this trivia that's getting me nowhere. And God won't say, oh, well, you can never think about any of those things again. No, he's not going to say that. But he is going to say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And guess what? You're going to have a motivation to spend a lot of your thoughts on the most important stuff going forward. Because you're going to have a new heart. You're going to be made a new creation. Your body's going to become a temple of the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, your priorities change, my friend. They do. Uh, they change. And so the ongoing challenge for all of us who are Christians is to not love the world or anything in the world. That's what the Bible says we should not do. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. So if you want to do the will of God for the rest of your life, albeit imperfectly, of course you're going to be imperfect. We all are. But if you want to do the will of God, then start right here. One time they asked Jesus, what is you know, the work of God? And he said, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So if you want to do God's will, it can only happen by accepting Jesus as your Savior, because without faith, it is impossible to please God, the Bible says. Impossible. So unless you begin there and keep that at the heart and center of your relationship with God, it won't, it won't do anything for you. Your soul won't be saved. You won't have a relationship with God. You won't go to heaven. But if you'll come to Christ the way that God has designed on the narrow road that Jesus paid when he died on the cross, if you'll come to the cross 
and admit you're a sinner and believe in Christ today, you'll be saved today. And from there on, you know, um, you'll get to walk with God here on earth and then before too long in heaven. So you choose, my friend, you choose. Um, God is presenting it to you today. You can accept the message or you can reject it. But I, I want to gently caution you. Just re- realize this, though. If you reject it today, it's going to harden your heart a little bit more. And you may never again be this close to paradise as you are in this very moment if you delay. Now, I'm not saying you won't for sure ever accept Christ. I'm just saying many people... When they say no to a clear presentation of the gospel, their heart becomes a little bit harder, and they never again are even that close to getting in. And that's all I'm saying, okay? That's all I'm saying. So I hope you'll take this very, very seriously for the sake of your soul, for the sake of your your children, if you have them, or one day we'll have them, for the sake of those in your family who need to hear the truth from you. And maybe you haven't known it until today, but now if you accept it and you believe it, now they need to hear that from you. Who's going to tell them if you don't? Who's going to tell them if you don't? So, Son, it's a glorious thing to know the good news and and uh, just to be able to to live. Even though we're sinful and we've fallen short, all every one of us, we're forgiven and heaven is our home and, and nothing could be better than that. Dan, we thank you for your time. We appreciate your thoughts and your insights into this. I know like UFOs can be many things to many people. It's fun to talk about. It's exciting to talk about even as Christians because we know that despite whatever it is that's out there that people are uh, consumed about, obsessed about, seeing, whatever it might be, that it's going to be created by God and that we don't have to worry about anything because God's in control. And what we should be focused on, like you've been mentioning, is our relationship with him and getting that part in that plea deal so that we don't have to endure that punishment. Dan, again, thanks so much. We appreciate it. and We look forward to many more conversations, God willing. Oh, thank you as well, Son. And uh, I, I would just say that if any of the listeners would like to to visit with 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 Son or I about this, we're we're available to do that. So um, just reach out to us. We, we'd love to engage in a conversation with you. If we can answer any questions, we don't have all the answers by a long shot, but um, we, we'd love to share with you whatever God has shown us to learn from you as well, of course. And uh, just let us know if we can uh, assist in any way or or pray for you in in any specific ways. Yes, and you can reach out uh, via email, sanctifiedreasonpodcast at gmail.com. That's sanctifiedreasonpodcast at gmail.com. Send us a message, and then we'll get back in touch with you. You can also uh, check out our website at radiowarp.com. That's radio, W-A-R-P, radiowarp.com. Click on the Sanctified Reason Podcast logo, and past shows will pop up, and you can take a listen to them as well. Can I throw one quick thing in? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I'd like to put a shout out to a friend of mine that I haven't talked to for decades, Mark Hollenbeck, who is a uh, a teacher uh, out in Colorado, and we've uh, exchanged a few emails this week, and uh, he and I actually played tennis together in college. And uh, Mark shared with me, son, I hadn't even told you this, but uh, uh, he shared with me that he, uh, he he found the podcast. I hadn't even said anything to him about it. He found it online, and he became a new subscriber to the podcast. So uh, a shout-out to Mark Hollenbeck. If, if you're listening to this, Mark, um, I'm looking forward to seeing you and the other uh, tennis players. Oh, son, you get a kick out of this. So um, speaking of sports, I learned, son, um, I, I learned from my college, Concordia College, I received a letter, and I was kind of blown away 
when I when I found out that um, we've been nominated uh, to go into the Hall of Fame. Wow. Our tennis team from back in the early 80s, we were nominated to go into the uh, the Hall of Fame, I guess, there at Concordia. And uh, so now, you know, I, I don't expect my kids to probably get too, uh, uh, you know, too convinced that their dad's a Hall of Famer now. But um, but no, it was fun to get that. And we're at, there's actually going to be a little banquet uh, in September that I'm going to be able to uh, see Mark at and, and some of the other guys, uh, Kevin Nast, who reached out to me and some others. But um, but anyway, son, you, you didn't know. You, you knew you were talking to a pastor today, but did you know, son, you were talking to a, a Hall of Fame recipient? So, uh, I did I mean, not know hey, that. Wow. That's pretty, yeah, wow. Pretty we've, crazy, huh? You just elevated the podcast to a whole new level. <laughs> exactly. With, with the Hall of you know, Famer. What, what really made me think of that, too, with Mark was it, it was a great reminder to me that, um, you know, and Sam always says, you know, do tell a friend. Um, you know, the more people that subscribe to the podcast, the more than that they will be able to hear and benefit and, and maybe then share with somebody else. So, um, so yeah, as Sam says, you know, uh, do tell a friend uh, because, uh, you know, we want to get this message out to, to everyone we can. Yeah, and it's the message that's the important thing, not the fact that we're out there but the message that's the important Amen. thing and so um that's all that's why we, well, we do well, this son, and, and of course son that, that we now have a hall of fame uh individual on here right well, yeah and now you definitely now you definitely have to get it out there because we have a hall of fame on <laughs> hall of famer oh my goodness oh my goodness yeah i would have never never dreamt but uh yeah anyway we're gonna have to change the logo to include hall of fame <laughs> hall of fame uh, member and yes, Hall of Famer. Oh, yes, Hall of Famer. Yeah, exactly. So, very cool. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. That's a, that's well, a cool achievement. You, that is. Thank that you. is. Yeah, you know, uh, there was somebody who's organizing the event there at the school who called me this week, um, and I told her, I said, yeah, you know, the only downside to this is, um, you know, I've really, I've really, it's been a bit of a nuisance to have to um, navigate all the paparazzi that have come out now um, that I'm dealing with now because of my Hall of Fame nomination. So, um, I don't know. I, I hope it, I hope it slows down a little bit. Cause now I, now I know what these famous people are dealing with, you know, I know we're going to start seeing you on the red carpet and all these different premieres and, uh, see you on the cover of all these different magazines and, you know, uh, hopefully you just stay off of uh national Enquirer and don't, well, that, that, and, and don't right. end up there. Maybe we'll see you national Enquirer with the alien baby. Oh, pastor, exactly, meets, pastor exactly. meets alien baby. Well, hey, son. It's long as as long as they will advertise my latest bestseller. You've probably heard of it. It's actually a New York Times bestseller, um, "Humility and How I Achieved It." Uh, as long as they advertise that, then we'll be okay. All right. Right. I, I can see the headline, Dan. This is a National Enquirer. Pastor yeah. baptizes alien baby. Church, Good church, one, son. Yeah. church goes crazy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No. 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 Son, you you left some out. Hall of Fame pastor. Oh, that's right. Hall of Fame pastor. Yes. Alien baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nebraska, it, Nebraska goes crazy, yep. you know? There you go. Oh, uh, my goodness. Funny. That's great. Well, yeah. congratulations, Dan. That's awesome. That's uh, a great oh, achievement yeah. no yeah. matter what. So That's right. That's, that's right. Cool. Exactly. Yep. And All right. Very good. And so with that, we will say goodbye. And again, our uh, RadioWarp.com, if you want to hear more with the Hall of Fame pastor, Dan Dozell, and Myself, Son Edom, go ahead and uh, check on over to there. Otherwise, uh, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Until next time, God bless.